When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 3, 2, 1. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here. Everybody in episode seven. Yeah. Of the podcast, this week America, the Air Tour Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 13th, 2023, people. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. We got ourselves a loaded Wednesday episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast. Here is what you need to know about today's show. We're going to open Mel Tucker. We got ourselves a very interesting update there as Mel Tucker has released a statement. He is defending himself, and boy, oh boy, did he have a lot to say. We break it down. What does it mean? Who's right? Who's wrong? What is he trying to accomplish from that statement? We'll discuss all that from there. We'll take a quick break and hit on a couple smaller stories from throughout the week. North Carolina is beefing with the NCAA. Fascinating conversation there. From there, we will talk a little bit about the TV ratings from last week's college football games. Can you believe Colorado basically outrated Alabama, Texas? It is insane. And we'll wrap. I don't talk a ton of NFL this time of year. There's just too much going on. But boy, oh boy, oh boy. It's hard not to feel bad for Jets fans after Monday night. So a lot of ground to cover. Busy week. If you missed the Tim Tebow episode on Tuesday, we had a bonus episode as Tim Tebow joined us. Make sure to check that out. Fun time of year. There is so much going on. We have so much, you know, just just make sure you're plugged in, subscribed, all that good stuff, and also following on YouTube. So much good content this time of year. With that said, There is no more time to waste, and let's get to the topic of the day. And I want to give a very interesting update on the story that has just absolutely engulfed all of college football. That is the one involving Mel Tucker and Michigan State. Now, before we get into the update from Monday, a quick reminder before we get into this topic, and I said it on on Monday's Aaron Torres pod, I'll say it again today. Uh, This is a serious topic, serious conversation, serious allegations, all of that. And I bring it up because I know many of you listen to this show, different circumstances, different places with different people. Sometimes there's children in the car. And whenever we have a serious conversation, I always like to lead that as and preface that in the lead up to the conversation in case maybe there are ears that shouldn't listen to this conversation. 
But I do want to dive in. And as a quick reminder, here is everything we knew up until Monday afternoon when Mel Tucker's lawyer did release a statement that was very, very, very interesting. What we knew is the following. There is a woman named Brenda Tracy. She is a sexual assault survivor, and she has become a sexual assault advocate over the last couple of years, going to college campuses and speaking to groups, oftentimes sports teams, oftentimes football teams, about her experience of being sexually assaulted and basically you know, working with these teams to raise awareness and basically give a baseline like, hey, guys, treat women with respect, stuff that that, you know, should be common sense. But that that is her mission. That is her life's work is to create awareness about sexual assault. And so I bring it up because over the last couple of years, Mel Tucker, uh, the Michigan State head coach, has brought her to campus several times to speak with the Michigan State football team. Uh, At that point, According to a report that came out from USA Today, this is not my opinion. This is just a report that came out on Saturday into Sunday from USA Today. According to the report, there was a moment in time where the relationship went beyond just Brenda Tracy showing up on campus every few months to talk to the team. Um, It became more personal. Uh, According to the report, Mel Tucker invited her to a hotel room a couple times for one-on-one. She declined, according to the report. And then according to the report, the the, the big bombshell was that there was a phone conversation that was basically very sexual in nature. She, according to her version, was uncomfortable with it. Mel Tucker called it consensual. And so that was what happened. From there, she reported Mel Tucker to Michigan State. In December, they opened up an investigation into Mel Tucker And then on Saturday, this report came out. And so on Sunday, Mel Tucker was suspended as Michigan State's football coach pending the uh, conclusion of all investigations, including a Title IX investigation, which will be October 5th and 6th. That was where we were coming into Monday morning. But on Monday afternoon, Mel Tucker's lawyer released a statement. And boy, oh boy, did he have a lot to say. A lot to say. I want to dive into it. And I'll be honest, it is a very long statement. I tried to cut out what I could, but there is so much important information from Mel Tucker's perspective that I'm going to read a lot of it. So bear with me, but I want to give you the perspective on what Mel Tucker's version of events is. This is from Mel Tucker's lawyer. Again, we're going to go for a while here. I helped bring Miss Tracy to campus in the summer of 2021 because I support her mission of sexual misconduct prevention. This single presentation was her only paid engagement with the university. We developed a mutual friendship that grew into an intimate adult relationship. At this point, my wife and I had been estranged for a long time. Miss Tracy and I engaged in dozens of calls throughout the fall of 2021 and winter of 2022, many of which she initiated and which occurred late at night. We both talked about all sorts of intimate private matters. She told me that I could trust her and I proceeded to do that. He continues, the 1,200 pages of investigative materials that Miss Tracy released to the media contains a number of important facts that any fair-minded person would want to know in evaluating the situation. Even the investigator hired by the university found that we had a personal relationship and that we shared deeply personal and private information with each other. Miss Tracy encouraged our personal relationship by inviting and accepting gifts from me. During the investigation, Miss Tracy admitted requesting and accepting my gift of expensive athletic shoes, a $200 Venmo payment, and a personal contribution to her nonprofit. 
Not only did she accept those gifts, but she had a she had to provide me her shoe size and address to receive the shoes and her Venmo ID to receive the money. While I'm saddened by Miss Tracy's disclosure of the sensitive nature of the call, let me be perfectly clear. It was an entirely mutual private event between two adults at opposite ends of the country. She initiated the discussion. That night sent me a provocative picture of the two of us together, suggested what she may look like without clothes, and never once during the 36 minutes did she object in any manner, much less hang up. He continues, following the call, it was not until four months later, only after Miss Tracy's next paid presentation was postponed, and only after I complained to her that she and her assistant were spreading rumors about my marriage that she ever told anyone, including her therapist, best friend, or attorney, that she was offended by the call. In fact, she gave me every indication that everything was fine. She sent me a happy Father's Day text two months after the call and repeatedly expressed a desire to return to MSU, telling my assistants that she had a close relationship with me. Contrary to her allegations, I never canceled any presentation. Given a personnel change and scheduling challenges as football season approached, we merely postponed it until January 2023. She chose to file her complaint instead of proceeding with the training. He continued talking about the October hearing. The sham hearing scheduled for October 5th is ridiculously flawed and not designed to arrive at the truth. For example, in this Zoom hearing, he he, he goes on to explain you know, the process, but he ultimately says this process was obviously designed for student infractions, not to address personal private acts between adults in which disclosure of the intimate details impact one's reputation and career. He concludes, Miss Tracy's attorney told us from the very beginning that I should not lose my job over the allegations, but that it would take a lot of money to make it go away. Her twisting of our personal relationship months after it concluded is designed to revive her career and destroy my life, predicated by greed. One of the most absurd allegations by Miss Tracy is that if our relationship and associated facts went public, only she would be harmed. As the world can see, quite the opposite is true. All right. There is a ton to peel back there. There is a ton to peel back there. And let me start by saying a couple of things. One, I've been doing this long enough to know that this follows the path of so many personal problems that become public for public figures like Mel Tucker. And it's not just Mel Tucker. You can go through the list, whoever. I'm not going to name names. You know who the coaches are that have gotten in trouble. It is clear that he has one version of events. It is clear that Brenda Tracy has another version of events. What is also clear from reading this statement, Mel Tucker is very much sticking to what he said and what came out in that report on Saturday night. And I think this is important. The report that came out on Saturday night involved, it appeared as though it was mostly from Brenda Tracy's perspective, but essentially the important thing that came out from that report on Saturday was that she deemed the relationship to be non-consensual and he deemed it to be consensual. His version of events hasn't changed. And so it's interesting because I saw in the media, oh my goodness, this is a bombshell statement. Well, it's really not. It essentially comes down to a he said, she said, and Mel Tucker's version of the events. And I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm not saying he's guilty. But he has said from the beginning, this was consensual. This was between two adults. This was outside of the workspace. Um, and that is very much what his statement said. Now, in terms of a statement, 
I think a few things are very interesting and very, uh, very interesting in terms of a couple new details came to light. The first one that I found the most interesting, and this will be interesting if this plays out in a, a public forum, is that in his statement today, Mel Tucker said that his that he has been, uh, let me find the exact quote so I'm not misquoting him. He said in that opening paragraph that uh, at this point, my wife and I have been estranged for a very long time. Why is that interesting? Obviously, look, it confirms that, you know, it's a mutual adult consensual relationship. Here's where the problem is. That is not what he told investigators. Uh, during the investigation, this came from the USA Today report that dropped on Saturday. And this was essentially Mel Tucker's quote about the whole situation. According to Mel Tucker, this is what he told investigators. This is in my opinion. He said that they frequently made flirtatious comments about each other's looks and bodies. Tracy told him she wanted a sugar daddy who would pay her a monthly amount to be his girlfriend. He said and that she would be all over him if he wasn't married. Tucker said they acknowledged their mutual desire for a romance, but agreed it would be too messy because of his marriage and the physical distance between them. So I guess what I would say already, there's a little bit of a discrepancy between what he said today and what he said to investigators six months ago. He says he's estranged. Six months ago, he told investigators that he didn't want to take it any further than it already was because of the fact that he had a marriage to protect and it would get too messy with his marriage. From there, I'll be honest, I don't think there is really all that much that is all that interesting. Now, to be clear, he says that he gave her that that she asked for gifts, that she asked for shoes, that she asked for a Venmo thing, and that she asked for a, a contribution to her nonprofit. According to Brenda Tracy, she said that he offered gifts. Now, you can argue, and I wouldn't disagree with you. That if you are a public figure with a, um, you know, a public whatever, it is kind of a conflict of interest to accept gifts from a client in this situation. I'm not saying it's always wrong to accept gifts from clients. Many of you work in the business world. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think there is a moment where she says it was a gift. He said she asked for it. Either way, I will say her accepting it could be deemed as a conflict of interest, whatever. Bottom line, she says that it was a gift. He says that she asked for it. I thought the other thing that was very interesting, again, and it's a convergence of the two stories. In the USA Today report, Brenda Tracy told the reporter, or it was insinuated during the investigation, um, that the pictures were something that Mel Tucker sent and that he he initiated the phone call. Um, and then, obviously, from Mel Tucker's perspective, he said that she sent the picture. So, again... Uh, he said, he said, she said, whatever. The one thing that I do think is very interesting and pretty indisputable is that I do find it interesting. And I'm just trying to be fair to both sides here. I'm not saying that Mel Tucker is in the wrong. I'm not saying that Brenda Tracy is in the wrong. That fact that she was texting him two months after this conversation, the fact that she texted him happy father's day, even if it was meant with the best of intentions, I'll just say probably doesn't really look good from her perspective. Really though, I guess what I would just say, the more that I think about this whole conversation, I'll just be blunt. I try to be fair. I try to be transparent. This is a tough conversation to have. I think they're both in the wrong here based on the facts that we have this second. And I'm always willing to readjust based as we get new information. In terms of why I think Brenda Tracy's wrong, listen, whether it was consensual or not, 
it was clear that the relationship between a client and her went beyond the scope of, you know, the, the work relationship. If Mel Tucker is telling the truth, according to him, they had multiple phone calls, half an hour at a time, 36 minutes was the phone call that is a, a alleged to have, uh, you know, involved the sexual misconduct, if you will. Probably not the best look for Brenda Tracy. Obviously, I don't think it's a great look for her at all. Now, from Mel Tucker's perspective, I'll just say this. Listen, I understand that he is trying to proclaim his innocence. He is trying to complain, con, uh, proclaim that it was consensual. And again, I saw a lot of people on social media. Oh, she's trying to frame him. She's trying to set him up. She's trying to extort him. I still go back to what I said on Monday's show. The bottom line is, even if it was consensual, why are you doing this, Mel Tucker? And then I think beyond that, it speaks to something else that I said. It's a bad look for you, given all of the context. And I know what everyone's going to say. It's consensual. It's adults. It's this. It's that. Torres, stay out of their personal business. I totally get that. I totally get where you're coming from on that. At the same time, what cannot be denied, you are at least publicly married. Maybe you're estranged. Maybe your wife has moved out or you've moved out and you live in the office, whatever it is. But you are the face of a university. You are the face of a university that has had issues with sexual situations in the past, most notably Larry Nasser. And you are bringing this woman to campus to tell your players to respect women. Well, as of six months ago, when you talked to investigators, you were publicly married. You were publicly involved with your wife. Because you told the investigators that, that it would make it, it, that things would be too messy if you continue the relationship because of your marriage. So you can sit here and say that it was consensual, that it was this, that it was that. It still doesn't make you look good, especially given why she was on campus and the fact that you're supposed to be a leader of men. If you bring in this woman to talk about respect for women and then you develop a consensual relationship on the side, it's still a bad look. And so I'm sorry, I don't have that much sympathy for Mel Tucker because he had a $90 million guaranteed contract. You're allowed to have a relationship with outside of work, but you got to be smarter on who it's with and all that good stuff. You just, you just have to be, and you have to be aware that there are so many ways in which your contract can be voided for conduct that is detrimental to the university. And I still think this is going to fall under that. Now, that'll be the interesting thing going forward, because to me, why I believe that Mel Tucker released this statement is for two simple reasons. One, it's clear that he is going to fight this with the university. I'm not a legal expert. I don't know if he has a case. I did talk to a lawyer, uh, you know, a law person. I wouldn't call him a lawyer, lawyer, like goes to court lawyer. But I did talk to him on, on Sunday when all this broke. And he said, dude, just keep in mind, this is a little bit of a different case. This isn't Bobby Petrino with one of his in, in one of his subordinates. This is a woman that does not work for the university. No crime has been committed. Um, and it's going to be complicated in terms of voiding Mel Tucker's contract. So to me, I think what's clear is that he is going to fight tooth and nail for every dollar in that contract. And I think most importantly, and he has a right to because no one's accused him of a crime. He's trying to fight for his good name. He's trying to fight and say that this was consensual. He's trying to fight to keep his career so that even if Michigan State never brings him back, and I don't think they ever will, I think he's done coaching ever again at Michigan State. 
I think what he wants to do is set it up. It was a consensual relationship. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have engaged in a relationship with this woman. And that may be true, but that allows him to put himself in position to get another head coaching job soon, or at least stay in the business and eventually work his way back up. But overall, um, what I see in this is a complicated, messy situation. Like I said, from the beginning, you have two people with big time careers, right? Brenda Tracy, I think from her perspective, it appears as though just my perspective that she feels like if an intimate relationship ever got public, it would ruin her credibility because Mel Tucker and Michigan State were clients of hers. And I think what is also obviously clear, Mel Tucker is trying to clear his name, trying to say, look, it was intimate, it was consensual, it was whatever. And so that's that. I think what's obvious is it will all play out publicly. I think we will get some more details. It feels like, by the way, a lot of the stuff. Now, if you read the USA Today report, a lot of the texts have been deleted between the two. But it feels like a lot of this stuff will become public one way or another. Who initiated the picture? Who initiated the conversation? How long were the conversations? Um, You know, all of that other stuff. You know, Mel Tucker claims that uh, you know, he postponed her appearance strictly because of scheduling issues. These feel like things that electronically will be figured out. But again, it's just a messy situation for both sides. I do think Mel Tucker comes out looking a little bit better, but I will also say, I do think the reality of the situation is, is that it is a complicated, complicated deal. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Do want to switch gears. Uh, and, and what I want to do to wrap today's show, a little bit different. I, I don't think we need to go an hour on today's Wednesday show. We did an hour on Monday. We did Tebow on Tuesday. So what I quickly want to do is just kind of go through two, three topics that have popped up over the last 72 or so hours since our last show. Call it a day. Have fun and get out of here. The first one that I want to talk about. Have you followed this wild public back and forth between the University of North Carolina and the NCAA. Nope, I'm not talking about the other one that took place between North Carolina and the NCAA about four or five years ago, those paper classes. No, 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 no. Different deal, different circumstances, different frustration between the two sides. Paper classes, North Carolina. So, five, six years ago. This particular situation, it involves a transfer football player named Tez Walker, okay? So, Tez Walker, interesting background here. He is, by definition, a two-time transfer at North Carolina. Began his career at NC Central. NC Central, North Carolina Central, does not play in the 2020 season because of COVID. He ends up transferring to Kent State. Gets to Kent State, balls out last year. Um, and then the Kent State head coach, Sean Lewis, leaves um, to, to take the offensive coordinator job, ironically, at Colorado under Deion Sanders. So he ends up transferring again, ends up going to North Carolina. But as you remember, the new NCAA rules are if you're not a graduate transfer, any two-time transfers have to either sit out or apply for a waiver to be eligible to play right away. And the NCAA came out about five, six months ago and very publicly said, we are cutting down significantly on the waivers. One-time transfer means one-time transfer. So Tez Walker is kind of one of these unique guys, second transfer, but North Carolina really felt like over the course of the summer that they had a strong argument for his eligibility. What they argued is first college never played season was canceled because of COVID. Then he goes to Kent state. The coach leaves. He leaves Kent state for a legitimate reason. Apparently there's an issue with his grandma. I don't know if she's sick or whatever. I don't want to delve into his personal life, but they basically argued First school cancels football. Second school, the coach leaves. Legitimate reason to leave. And then here is the kicker on top of everything else. Tez Walker enrolled at North Carolina before the NCAA publicly came out and said that we are limiting two-time transfers. And so North Carolina, all summer long, we have a very strong argument. We this, we that, we blah, 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 this and that. Well, before the season, North Carolina had their request denied, the waiver denied. Then... They had they appealed that denial and got denied again. You may have seen this story. It was last Friday, Thursday into Friday, that Mac Brown went scorched earth, crazy on the NCAA. Screw you guys. You guys are hurting this kid. This is the worst decision I've seen in 50 years. And so it led to everything that has happened over the last couple of days, which is why I'm talking about this. One, the North Carolina Board of Trustees, Behind closed doors, met with North Carolina's athletic director, Bubba Cunningham, and Mac Brown, the head coach at North Carolina. In it, 
We don't know what they talked about. It was behind closed doors. But it sounds like they're going to come after the NCA. I don't know if it's a lawsuit. I don't know if it's a this. I don't know if it's a that. I don't know if it's an injunction. I don't, I'm not a legal scholar, okay? But they're clearly not happy. They're clearly looking at alternatives. Now, ironically, and we'll discuss this in a minute, is that North Carolina would essentially have to sue themselves because they're one of the schools that signed off on this two-time transfer rule. So I bring it up because that was part one. But then on Tuesday, what was especially interesting was that the NCAA basically came out and said point blank, we've actually gotten a bunch of threats over this decision. According to a statement from the NCAA, they said they have received violent and possibly criminal threats directed at committee members in the wake of a high-profile decision involving Tez Walker. And so I haven't really talked about this topic because I don't think that transfer waivers are that interesting, but it's a little bit of a quieter time in the week. And it just feels like a good time to dive into this story because I haven't yet. And what I would say about this, two things in life can be true. I say it all the time. I talk about it all the time on this show. Number one, I feel bad for Tez Walker. I feel like, especially because of when he enrolled before it was public, that he does have a legitimate argument to be eligible right away. What I also believe to be true is I believe the NCAA is right. I don't necessarily think he should be eligible, even though I feel bad for him and understand his argument. And to North Carolina, shut the you know what up. Now, I know a lot of people say, oh, Torres, of course you're defending the NCAA. I got a lot of that on Twitter the other day, X, whatever you want to call it. People are like, oh, Torres, yeah, you're defending the NCAA. Yeah, you want access and you want your sources. I don't have sources in the NCAA. I crush the NCAA more than anybody. I think most of the decisions that they make are dumb. But at the same time, Here's what I think about this particular situation. There are a few reasons why North Carolina specifically has no ground to stand on when it comes to this Tez Walker situation. One, as I mentioned before, they are one of the schools that voted to put these rules in place. All we've heard for the last two years, it's college free agency. I got to re-recruit my roster. And so the schools themselves have fought so hard to get this rule in place. This was mentioned, by the way, in the NCA statement on Tuesday. Here is what they said. The Division I Board of Directors believes that the NCA staff and the committee are applying transfer waiver guidelines as intended by member schools and giving proper and full consideration to individual cases, including consulting a panel of licensed mental health experts for cases in which mental health is cited as a reason for a transfer. The D1 Board last year directed the D1 Council to redefine the guidelines for transfer waivers and apply those guidelines to the 2023-2024 academic year. These new guidelines were supported unanimously by all 32 Division I conferences in January, and prior to that were widely supported by member schools and coaches associations. So that last part is important. The D1 board last year directed the D1 council to redefine the guidelines for transfer waivers and apply those guidelines for the 2023-2024 season. What that means, that is legalese for saying the schools themselves asked the NCAA to refine the guidelines for transfer waivers and apply those guidelines for this year. This isn't an NCAA issue. They are following the directives of their schools. Two, you know who's been more outspoken about the new rules and the new era of college football more than anybody? It's Mac Brown. 
have you followed this guy? Listen, there, there are older coaches. And I think some have adjusted really well to the transfer portal NIL era. But there are some that uh, they just don't want anything to do with it. And I would argue that Mac Brown is at the forefront of that group. Every chance he gets in front of a microphone, all he has done for the last three years is complain about the portal and complain about NIL. I remember reading articles two, two and a half, three years ago. Oh, we're going to be recruiting. People are going to be recruiting our players out of the handshake line. Well, Mac Brown, this is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. This is what you got. I'm sorry, but it is kind of amazing how you were the most outspoken critic of all this up until it impacted your team. Up until maybe your best wide receiver is now ineligible because of the rules that you so publicly fought for to get. So spare me, Mac Brown. I'm sorry. It's hard to feel bad for you when you are when you were the one that pushed this more than anything. And so when I think about all this, my last little thought is, you know, I I I, I again I feel bad for Tez Walker. And what I would say is a couple things. Yes, he might be the exception to the rule. It's worth noting, by the way, he's not the only one that enrolled before this rule was changed that got that is ineligible. There's a kid named Darnell Jackson at Florida State. Had his waiver denied. I don't see Mike Norvell whining. I don't see the uh, Florida State AD complaining. Now, he's complaining about other stuff. I don't see him complaining about this, though. So I'm sorry. I don't feel bad. He's not the only one. And let me, like, can I be sound? say something that sounds kind of mean for a second? First of all, I'm never going to question mental health. You guys know where I stand on that. But I, what I will say is this was a very popular topic over the past six, eight, ten months as I've talked to college coaches across both football and basketball. I remember being at the Final Four and saying, having coaches come up to me and say, these new transfer guidelines are going to be a mess. You know how many schools are going to claim mental health for individual kids? And I'm not saying that Tez Walker isn't going through some stuff. I'm just saying is that maybe he is the exception. But how many guys are using mental health as a crutch to try to get eligible? I promise you, it's a lot. Is that fair? Is it unfair? I'm just telling you facts. I am just telling you, I had coaches at the Final Four saying, like, this is going to be the next crisis, the next big thing. And what I would also say is this, and like, this is like, sounds like a really mean thing, but here's the truth. If it really is about mental health from for Tez Walker, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that he doesn't play football. He's closer to home. If his grandma's sick, go spend time with grandma. You know, like, I don't, I mean, it sounds insensitive, but if mental health is the issue, then maybe it's not the worst thing. Spend more time with your friends and family, go to practice, be a good teammate. Like, I understand that he might be the exception, but once you make one exception, everybody expects the same. And so I understand where the NCAA is coming from here. Again, rules supported by North Carolina, rules publicly supported by Mac Brown. Finally, my last thought. My last, last, last thought on this, I promise, because I want to hit on a couple other things. One is, well, this is my last thought. It's not one, two, three, four, five. One, but the only last thought is this, is that I think there's a very simple solution to this. This is what, if I could run the NCAA, this is what I would do. Here are Aaron Torres' transfer guidelines. You have a one-time transfer. You show up, you don't like it, you're homesick, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. One-time transfer, immediately eligible, no questions asked. From there, if the coach that you signed with, the head coach, not the assistant, not the recruiter, not the director of ops that you're close with, 
if the head coach you sign with leaves, whether he gets fired or he leaves for another job, you're eligible to leave right away. I've never thought it was fair that if you sign with a school, if you sign with a, a, a program and that coach gets fired, that you're not able to leave. By the way, that rule has been adjusted. Pat Fitzgerald, when he got fired, players were allowed to enter the portal. So it goes on and on. And then I think if you're a graduate transfer, you should be able to be eligible without sitting out. So one-time transfer, also if the coach leaves, and also if you're a grad transfer, everybody else, you just got to sit out. Second, third, fourth time, whatever, you got to sit out. By the way, the other thing nobody's talking about, the other thing nobody's talking about, maybe it'd be good for Tez Walker academically to sit out. This is his third school in four years, okay? Like, all those credits didn't transfer. At some point, maybe it'd be good for him to focus on getting, I'm not even going to go on. I'm frustrated. I understand North Carolina's point. I do feel bad for this kid. I know it sounds like I'm being insensitive. I do feel bad. This is the NCAA's rule, voted on by the schools, voted on by the conferences. It's what they wanted. On a much, much, much lighter note, let's switch gears and hit on a few topics. One, TV ratings came out for week two, and there was something that absolutely blew me away. Did you see what the TV ratings were for Alabama, Texas, and for Colorado, Nebraska? Alabama, Texas was Saturday night, 7 Eastern. Primetime, Alabama, Texas. I would argue probably two of the five biggest brands in this sport right now. Alabama, everybody tunes in. Is Nick Saban going to win? Is Nick Saban going to lose? Texas, everybody tunes in. Is Texas back? Are they not back? If they lose, we can make fun of them. That that game did about 8.8 million viewers. If you include ESPN, a Pat McAfee simulcast, and also on top of its streaming numbers, peaked at about 10 million. Why do I bring it up? It was because there was a game seven hours earlier, played in Boulder, Colorado, kicked off at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. local time, that did about 8.7 million viewers. And so you talk about an incredible testament to what Deion Sanders, what Coach Prime has done for Colorado, but also college football as a whole. It's unbelievable credit to Deion Sanders credit to Colorado it is unbelievable that we are talking about a game between two first-year head coaches both coming off losing seasons and oh by the way played at noon eastern 10 a.m pacific that basically did the exact same numbers as Alabama and Texas and I know what the ratings experts would say well Alabama Texas was on ESPN Colorado Nebraska was on Fox ESPN, as of last weekend, had the charter blackout. Millions of people couldn't have seen. Who knows what the number would have been if it had been available to everybody. And I get all that. But it's not really about comparing apples to apples. Because if we're being perfectly honest, it's not apples to apples. It's, as I said, two of the biggest brands in college football versus two versus one team that is a brand, Nebraska, and then a coach that's a brand in Deion Sanders. And what it says to me, the impact that Colorado is having on college football this year is unlike anything we have really ever seen. Now, there's been great teams. There's been great programs. There are programs that draw eyeballs. Ohio State, Notre Dame. But to have one singular coach create this much interest in a program that isn't Ohio State, that isn't Notre Dame, that isn't Texas, that isn't Alabama, it is borderline incredible. The stats, by the way, were unbelievable. This was the highest rated Pac-12 game ever, according to Fox. Higher than any USC game that they've ever had. 
higher than any Oregon game that they've ever had, Washington game that they've ever had, any Pac-12 championship game. And then, oh, by the way, they also said that it was the highest, it was the 10th highest rated game that they have ever broadcast on Fox. You understand Fox broadcasts Ohio State, Michigan every year? You understand Fox had Alabama, Texas a year ago? You understand they regularly broadcast Texas games and Ohio State games and Michigan games and Penn State games and Oklahoma games. That is mind-boggling to be the 10th highest rated game ever for week two. Not week seven, not week 10, not Colorado playing to go to the playoff. Not even Colorado versus Oregon or Colorado versus USC. What it says to me, we have never seen anything quite like Colorado. And what I can also say definitively, it ain't slowing down anytime soon. I saw on Tuesday the TV pairings for week four next Saturday, uh, September 23rd, have been announced. Colorado's at Oregon. That is a 3.30 Eastern ABC game. Now, you could say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal for two reasons. One, they bumped Clemson, Florida State into the noon Eastern window. That is how big the Colorado brand has become under Coach Prime that Clemson in Florida State is in the noon Eastern window. Now, some would say, why isn't it 7.30 Eastern? It's because that night, Ohio State plays at Notre Dame, and I think ESPN is just punting on trying to compete with that game. Ohio State and, and Notre Dame might be the two biggest brands, national brands in college football. But then again, Texas and Alabama are right in the mix as well. So listen, man, I, I you know, I don't know what else to say. Unbelievable, and this thing ain't slowing down. By the way, remember, Colorado plays USC the final weekend in September. That should be a monster TV rating as well. I'm sure the networks are already fighting over that one. Couple last thoughts. One, week one of the NFL came and went. I don't talk a ton of regular season NFL on this show. There's just too much going on during the college season. But like everybody else, I'm a fan. And I think my biggest week one takeaway, I just feel so, 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 so bad for Jets fans. I think most people listening to this show know I grew up in Connecticut. I'm not a Jets fan. I don't claim to be. But I grew up with so around so many Jets fans. And this is just the most hamstrung, um, you know, lightning bolt franchise that I've ever seen in terms of bad things happening. Like to get Aaron Rodgers, to get the entire hype of an offseason, hard knocks, everything that came with it, a team that I really thought was maybe even a little bit undervalued. I didn't have them going to the Super Bowl, but have that team. And you can't even get one series out of Aaron Rodgers. That is such a bummer. You know, listen, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I know he's prickly and some people don't like him. This guy's a Hall of Famer. One of the best at what he did. 39 years old. I was so excited to see him in that Jets uniform. Could he elevate this organization to see him go down in week one? It's brutal. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Jets fans. Um, And I'm curious, like, what this means for his future. Achilles injuries are a lot to overcome, especially at that age. Remember, Kevin Durant got hurt in the NBA Finals in June of 2019. He missed all of the 2019-2020 season. Now, that was obviously canceled eventually because of COVID. He didn't come back until, like, October, November of 2021. So that shows you, is that right? Is that timing right? I don't know. I guess he didn't come back until like November of 2020. So he was out for probably about 18 months. That's basketball. It's a different sport. It's more quick twitch cutting this and that. But you also don't have 300 pound people coming at you. So my only real thought is I feel so bad for Jets fans 
They deserve better. Aaron Rodgers deserves better. And I'm curious if this is it for him. I don't know if this is an injury at 39 years old you can overcome. Hope he's okay. Hope we see him on the field again. Hope that isn't the last that we see of him. Couple other quick NFL thoughts from uh, from week one, and I'm not I, I'm, I might not do this every week, but every once in a while when it's a slower show, we can talk a little NFL. Nobody's gonna hurt. Nobody's gonna get hurt. Um, I thought the Dolphins looked awesome. They were playing at SoFi Stadium, about 25 minutes from where I live. Tua, if he's healthy, is awesome with those wide receivers. Uh, I've never uh, bought Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett. The reason people like to talk about him and think he's better than he is. He plays in the preseason. He's basically the only starter that plays the whole preseason. And then, oh, by the way, um, he was also the only first-round pick two years ago. So I wasn't surprised that they lost. I wasn't surprised that San Francisco smacked him. Was a little surprised by the Browns beating the Bengals. think the Bengals will be just fine. And I think those are all for my week one NFL takes. I just can't get over the Aaron Rodgers stuff. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Uh, I do think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Also make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. By the way, if you missed Tuesday's show, we had Tim Tebow. He was awesome. He was incredible. I am forever grateful for his time and joining me. Make sure to check that out if you have not, but I do think it is time for me to get out of here. Thank you again for your support, and we will talk soon. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you FN. Unblock me, bro. By the way, people, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. R.I.P. Bob Barker. We'll be back on Friday. New episode of the Aerotaurus Pod. Talk soon, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.